the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Yes, indeedy, and uh, hello to you. Good afternoon. Welcome. It's a Thursday, 20th day of February, 2-20-2020. Wow. Great to have you with us today. Got a good show for you tonight. At least that's our plan. We're going to keep you company. Hopefully keep you encouraged, entertained at a moment or two, and challenged to be sure. Coming up a little bit later on in tonight's program, we're looking forward to spending some radio time with Pastor John Belt, pastor of New St. John Paul Missionary Baptist Church in Oakley, and host of God's Word for Men Today, heard weekdays, Wednesdays actually, at 5 a.m. right here on KFAX. He's got a fascinating background and deep, rich spiritual roots to a prominent Bay Area pastoral figure, and we'll tell you who and learn more when Pastor Belt joins us here in studio coming up in a few moments. I want to lead off with some statistics related to the topic of marriage. As you may or may not be aware, the week of February 7th through 14th was National Marriage Week. We talked about it briefly at that time, and uh, to sort of serve as a reminder There's been some encouraging news on the marriage front in recent years. In fact, in the last three years, divorce rate in America has hit a 40-year low. Down from 50%, we find first marriages of divorce occurring now only between 42 and 45. And I I say that tongue-in-cheek, only occurring 42 to 45%, though second marriages don't fare any better. 60% of them in America today wind up in divorce. And ironically, the average length from altar to the divorce court is only 8.2 years. There are some countries that have a significantly better track record than that. And while certainly we've seen the changes in the divorce rate in an encouraging direction, part of this is also attributable to the fact that there is a major slice of the population, the millennials, that are skewing the numbers because they've learned. They've watched their parents and said, not me too. Fewer of them are getting married, which some analysts say accounts for the drop in the divorce rate. But whatever the numbers tell us, one thing to be sure, and that is that the institution as marriage is one uniquely designed by God himself, and that honoring God in that process gives every marriage a better chance at success. To talk about some of the key moral principles related to a happy, healthy, successful marriage, we've got Pastor Sam Rohr with us, president of the American Pastors Network. He's also host and writes the weekly Stand in the Gap radio program heard on stations across the country. And Pastor Sam Rohr, always great to have you on the show. Uh, Craig, it's uh, always a privilege to be with you as well. 
These numbers, as I say, were, were a bit encouraged in that in the last three years, divorce rate has hit a 40-year low. But some of that, of course, is smoke and mirrors because, as I indicated, growing numbers of the millennial population are just eschewing marriage overall. But I suspect no matter how you dissect it, the, the big story that the numbers almost always tell us, and that is that marriages that are attempting to survive apart from God being at the center, just simply don't have the same chance. Help us understand why that is. Well, in reality, uh, it's the the whole concept of marriage, and this is where it's so important, Craig. I mean, what you talk about and what we talk about a lot are, whether it's marriage or economics or um, uh, any, any number of things, it really comes down to one's worldview. Everybody's got a worldview. Uh, there's a worldview with God, that's a biblical view, and there's a world without God. And uh, that could be atheism, communism, um, Nazism, anyism, whatever you want to make. But only a biblical worldview gives um, the framework, uh, the reason for it, uh, the cautions, the guidelines for how to handle, live within it, um, uh, that that construct of marriage only the only the word of God gives it and and I have found that because uh, I served in office for about uh, twenty years elected office in Pennsylvania and so I got involved in that capacity not as a pastor but as an elected person uh, making laws uh, trying to debate laws to defend marriage uh, as an example or to uh, uh, to strengthen it in some way and I was around when fault. A uh, piece of uh, uh, law came into the country from uh, Great Britain years ago, and it began to dismantle the whole relationship of um, uh, of marriage and the construct. But as we threw out God back in those days, um, with throwing Ten Commandments out of the school and uh, prayer out of the public school, and, and increasingly God out of the culture, we we really left off the foundation to understand uh, why marriage is important and the wonderful picture that it establishes, that God established, and why it's so critical. So anyways, that, to answer your question, we've gotten away from marriage uh, because we've walked away from God, and unfortunately, uh, according to Barna numbers, George Barna numbers, uh, last year, uh, less than 10% of the pulpits of America, even evangelical pulpits, even uh, less than 10% even preached a sermon, one sermon during that year, on what God says about marriage, for fear they were going to offend someone in the congregation who perhaps has found themselves in divorce or whatever. And so we've left it because we've left off God, but I also submit that we've walked away from the beautiful picture of biblical marriage because most pulpits in America have not been building up and preaching the wonderful framework of what marriage is, why God established it, and as a result, uh, we've uh, we've left the, the very foundation of why we should support, embrace, and defend biblical marriage as defined by God. And, and of course, God. what's startling about that, I think, Pastor Rohrer, is that as we see scripturally, the very creation of the institution, the foundation of marriage, is is God's construct. And so, if constructed by God, then who better to set up the guidelines and the framework in which a happy, healthy, successful marriage can survive, thrive, and flourish. 
And so maybe that ought to give us a little bit of a clue as to why some of the alarming numbers of failures to the point where uh, I think almost equally troubling, if not even more so, is not just that people try it and fail at it, that millennials now are getting the message having watched their parents go through marriage, 8.2 years later, divorce, only to perhaps remarry, and then see the likelihood of a second marriage fail spike all the way to 60% to the point where they say, you know what, we're not even going to go there. We're, we we want to avoid a lot of the the legal entanglement, the, the divorce court challenges that are present in traditional divorce, and we'll just not even go there at all. And I, and I suppose when you begin to analyze the root causes here, Clearly, when you have a construct by very God himself, but leave God out of the equation, I suppose it's no wonder then that marriage today is facing the challenges in America that it is. Well, I I agree with you. And I think, again, going back to what you were saying, at the very beginning, uh, to understand that marriage is God's idea is the very foundational uh, place we begin. Marriage is not man's idea. It's not society's idea. Marriage between a man and a woman was God's design for mankind from the beginning. He made male and female, and he made the, he made the arrangement. The man leaves his family, and he cleaves together with his wife, and together they become one flesh. That is God's model. Now, the, under a biblical worldview, we understand that God in his word lays out the model for all of life and living. So he lays out the pattern for a way an individual ought to conduct their lives, for the way a family ought to be constructed, and he gives the guidelines, what it ought to do, what it should not do, the blessings if they do it, what he says, and the cursings that come upon it if they fail to do it. But God lays out the pattern for uh, government, how government uh, should function and how it should not function. And he lays out the pattern for how the church should function and not function. And that, that's one of the things I think that uh, we, we as a culture and as a church, I don't think we teach the way, uh, the way God has established his authority structure throughout society, that if it's followed, those ones that I mentioned, it just, they fit like fingers in a glove. But if they are failed to be followed and one of them falls apart, then you have, uh, you have bondage and you have a lack of freedom. But family is the basic construct of God's authority structure within society. And, and if that is strong, then your society can be strong, and you can have a strong nation. But you have a weak family, you will have a weak structure. You will have a weak church. You will have a weak nation. But that's what God says. And so that's where I start. God has established it, and God has established the family as the foundational authority authority construct within any society and then we and then we go from there and ultimately uh, we must end up under God's plan knowing that that picture of of uh, of marriage is 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 most beautiful and powerful when we understand that it's a picture of the great uh, plan of redemption that God laid out from the beginning uh, when sin entered the world and God said uh, his plan of redemption would come forth and one day that the Messiah would come, and at that point, then the Church, those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Savior, become the bride, and Jesus Christ will come back, and we, he will be, as a groom, 
married to us. And that is the wonderful picture of a husband and a wife living in a godly marriage. And when these young people, and I have six uh, children uh, myself, now they're all married except for one, um, so I've been through all this with them, but I do know this, that if couples who are married do not understand that marriage is a picture of what God has established of Christ in the Church, and then they work extraordinarily hard to keep their covenant, and the father or the husband to treat his wife like Christ treats the Church in love, and the wife uh, is under the father of the husband in the covering that he gives as, as, uh, as Christ has established. When that picture is lived out, and there is faithfulness, in that relationship, not adultery, not 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 walking around of that, but 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 blessed uh, sacredness in that marriage as God establishes, that marriage will remain strong, and that marriage will be followed by the children. And I'm afraid that that has what has not been seen. But here again, it's all back to God's picture. If we don't preach it from the pulpits and continually lift up the standard, God's standard is perfect. We can't beat it. We can't improve upon it in anything, particularly in marriage. And undoubtedly, there's also a very um, real and present danger in that we have failed to connect the dots between what's happening in greater culture and society today uh, with you know increased delinquency. We see drug problems in America today that, that overshadow virtually any and every other country on the planet, and we, we've somehow failed... Um, or, or thought perhaps that disintegration of marriages and disintegration of society as a whole are somehow mutually exclusive. Well, that, that's not the case at all. And, we've, and, and I think in failing to connect the dots of the impact of the disintegration of the nuclear family and it, its subsequent fallout in the way that it has a dilatorious impact on society today is another major danger that we're facing. Let's uh, pause for a moment. We'll ponder that and come back to more of our conversation. With us for another segment is Pastor Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network. We're talking about the five moral principles of marriage. We'll come back to more of our conversation as Lifeline continues. Let's get you an update right now on traffic. We'll head over to the KFAX Traffic Center for the latest. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Visiting in this segment of the program with Pastor Sam Rohrer, president of the American Pastors Network. Recently, we marked National Marriage Week. We've been talking a bit about um, the trends in marriage today and the overall potential influence in a negative fashion on society and our culture. I, I'm just curious, when, when you hear things, Pastor Rohrer, like, well, one of the reasons why we've seen a drop in the last three years of the divorce rate is not necessarily that we're getting our marriages and our ex together, but that millennials, watching what their baby boomer parents have gone through themselves, have decided that they can get along without marriage. And so as a result, more of them are deciding to cohabitate and engage in more relations outside of marriage with no intent. They're just simply content um, remaining together and yet 
unmarried. Uh, If that trend continues, what kind of impact long-term can this have on our culture and society? Well, Craig, what will happen is that you will not be able to maintain uh, a United States that is free. Um, We're already seeing it manifest itself in other ways, are we not? When I mean, it's not just in the attitudes towards marriage, but with now uh, 4%, only 4% of millennials, 2% in Generation Z, the one below, um, only 2%, 4% have a biblical worldview, meaning they are not starting with God as creator God and authority, and then everything else falls underneath of that. Uh, the concept of sin uh, is not is not present under a non-biblical worldview. The impact of what that means is not the redemption uh, through Jesus Christ, which is a part of a biblical worldview, doesn't follow that that's necessary. Christ is not necessary if you don't have an understanding of sin, and you don't have an understanding before that of a God who created before whom we will all stand as judge. So our culture so then we, ultimately becomes progressively more and more secularized. Absolutely, and that's why you have so many. The numbers are 50% or more who have no problem, for instance, with socialism, which we're hearing about all the time in these presidential debates. And you say, how can that be? Well, it can be because the authority of God and God's Word has been thrown off. And I'm going to go back here again. Again, George Barna numbers and other uh, research of that type would say that less than seven, uh, let me, uh, 70%, less than 30% of the pulpits, of the pastors who stand in the pulpits of America, even those who say they are even in evangelical circles, actually believe in the authority of Scripture. And what that means is they believe that some of it's true, but not all of it is true. And, and, the, and what that does is that affects the preaching of pulpits, because if God's Word is not all true, then I guess I can be God and pick and choose what I want to preach about. And in effect, that is what's happening. So young people, our children, and our grandchildren, are getting a concept of God that he is um, like a smorgasbord. Uh, you can go and pick off the shelf what you want. Not that you're going to stand before him one day and give an account for all things that are done. And marriage is, enters into one of those things. If God is not real, then things that he commands and as directs, they become optional. But not in God's economy are they optional. So I, when I talk about marriage, I say, marriage, if we believe that God is, and that the Word of God is all true, then marriage first thing it starts out with is God's idea, and I don't really have a vote. I have a choice, but God doesn't give us a vote on what's right or wrong. He doesn't give us a vote on whether or not we're going to steal or not steal or covet or not covet. There's no vote, but yet we approach so many things in life, even as modern-day Christians who have this view, well, it doesn't really apply to me necessarily, or God will be, you know, I can have my, have my choice. No, that's not the way truth is. And so I think as we've stepped away from God, as God, we've stepped in and we've made what he said to be optional. Marriage has become one of those things, optional. Government then has stepped in, and the people, uh, being reflecting of the people, 
have felt it comfortable to step in and redefine what God says about marriage. And the courts have. And the courts have redefined what God has said about murder and legalized abortion. So it follows all the way through a culture that when we throw off truth, then we become God, we become the determiners of what's right and wrong, and when that happens, your nation will absolutely collapse. You cannot maintain freedom, and God says, Deuteronomy chapter 30, I'm going to give you my, to the people, I'm going to give you my commands. I've given them the commands, I've given the precepts, I've given you the teaching. You choose to do those, you'll be choosing life and blessing. But if you walk away from what I've said, and you think you've got a better way, God said in Deuteronomy 30, it'll be as if you are choosing death, and you will get judgment. That is the choice between us all, uh, Craig, personally, between us as moms and dads in our home, and our family. It's, it's in front of us in the church, and I think it's front and square in front of us as a nation today. What are we going to do? Are we going to follow God, as Joshua said, or are we going to go our own way? And certainly in the case of marriage, that's what it kind of starts right there. And he certainly has allowed us the freedom uh, by granting us free will to make that choice with the understanding, as you articulately point out, with the understanding that there are consequences to the choices that we make. If we choose righteousness, if we choose life, if we choose to follow his commandments and keep those commandments, we will then accordingly be blessed and protected as a people and as a nation. If, however, we choose to go our own way, well, history is littered with a lot of former societies, former cultures, and former nations who once upheld the things of God and then soon thereafter rejecting them paid the ultimate price. Pastor Sam Rohrer, president of the American Pastors Network, we appreciate the time. Information on the web at AmericanPastorsNetwork.net. That's AmericanPastorsNetwork.net. Pastor Sam, thanks so much for the time today. 531, let's get you updated on traffic. We'll swing back over to the KFAX Traffic Center.